0: hello there welcome to the oblivious maximus podcast for another week i'm aaron osborne your host thanks to everyone for bearing with me last week while i didn't do an episode because i went on a lovely holiday to new caledonia with my family and it was fucking awesome i drank cheap beer (laughs) um (laughs) uh yeah thanks to everyone who checked out the last episode as well with My good mate, David James Young. Um, If you haven't already, go check out his podcast. All my friends are in bar bands. It's fucking sick. He put up his version of the podcast last week too. Um, So go give that a sus. Um, This week, my guest is Nicole Goodwin. Nicole Nicole, Nicole takes photos at shows. She has a really cool zine called nerds to the front um an issue of this scene is coming out soon with a little chat with myself about this podcast which is really cool so it's sick to be asked to talk about this thing which has been just a little fun hobby for me that is uh you know been awesome that people are paying attention to so thanks to Nicole for coming and having a chat and also including me in her latest zine conversation was really good we just talked a lot about Nicole's experience getting involved with music and taking photos and then uh, starting up a zine and doing that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, she's a really nice person and is contributing a lot to the hardcore scene in Melbourne, as far as I see it with photos and with zines. And, uh, it was really cool to get to talk to her and, um, I really enjoyed it as I do all these conversations, which is fantastic. Um, so yeah, that's, What's about to come up, but just before I get into that, I just wanted to spruik my wares a little bit. Um, I have made some shirts for this podcast, which may seem like the dorkiest thing in the world. However, it would mean a lot to me if you like this podcast and you would like to help spread the word a little bit to purchase one of these shirts. They're available for $15. Um, You can find them at Oblivious Maximus cartel.com I think. I assume that's the address. Let me just check it real quick. How do you like the sound of my voice when I'm scrolling through my phone? It sounds so sick. Yes, it's obliviousmaximus.bigcartel.com. So they're $15. They're a white shirt with our logo on it. The logo's not that big. So it's not going to say podcast really big and you're not going to look like a big fucking dork. But it will help me out. It will help me make this sound as good as I can and make sure that everything stays running as well as it does. Um, and by all means, please tell me if I can do this better or if there's a better way to do any of this, because again, I still have very limited idea of what I'm doing here, but I'm trying my best. But yeah, those are some shirts. They're up. They're cool. If you want to buy one, please do. If you don't, that's cool too. Then I can wear all sorts of sizes from small to extra large all for myself. There's even a double (laughs) XL. I'll be wearing a big old tent. Anyway, um, this is episode 17 of the Oblivious Maximus podcast with Nicole Goodwin. Brutal. Welcome to my podcast, Nicole. Thanks for coming to my house. Thanks for having me. Um, My absolute pleasure. Um, All right, so all of them start the same way, with asking how people primarily got into music. How did it start for you?
1: I was thinking about this this morning, because I knew that was going to be the question. Yes, perfect. I'm glad. (laughs) Um, And I was actually discussing it with my older sister, Mm because I was like, I think my mom got me into music, which... I guess, isn't that surprising since yep. most people did get into music through their parents? Yeah. But my mum was, in the late 90s, a very big fan of Blink-182. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Good one, mum. I just remember, they're still my favourite band to this day. Yeah. For, like, I guess the sentimental reasons. No, that's okay. Um, But, yeah, I just remember her playing, and I remember this day, with the cassette in the yep. car all the time. Yeah. And my little sister was quite young at the time, so she'd always, like, it'd be, like, a swear word would come on, and she'd turn it down. <laughs> so she'd be like, you're... A, Weasel <laughs> yeah, yeah. every time the swear word came on, and that's the f- first like vivid memories I have of like music.
0: Yeah, so from a pretty early on, then it was impressed onto you, yeah, alternative music wise, or I,
1: th- I think so. I've I'm I, without sounding lame, I feel like I've never really limited myself to a certain style of music, that's I okay. listen to like everything, and especially when I was younger, I was. Never concerned with genres. I didn't even realize they existed for a long time. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't realize, like, Slipknot was different to Blink-182 when yeah. I was, like, 12. I was like, yeah. they're all the same because they kind of dress similar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a they way. They all had
0: dickies in some yeah, fashion. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yes. So, like, and they all had, like, black hair Yeah, and that whole, like, aesthetic. So, yeah. I didn't differentiate between everything. That's all right.
0: Um, and so... That's your if your first impression then's from around twelve or so. Yes. Is that the idea? Yeah?
1: Oh I remember from like nine onwards okay, Blink right. two. Yeah. But I also remember like my mum loved in excess and like AC/DC, okay. and there was like mixtapes in the car that she'd make. She'd okay. always made mixtapes. Yeah. That had those songs on yep. them. So I just remember those.
0: So from from that there... Was that something that translated then for you into school, or was that like was yeah. music something that just it was yours with your families?
1: Uh, no, I, I guess like that was just something I didn't really pay attention to it mm-hmm. a lot until I went to my first show or concert.
0: Yep, which was Liquid Eight Two. Fuck yeah! <laughs> At
1: the Ais in Canberra. Wow. Yeah, when That's I was so sick. when I was thirteen, my mom took me. Okay. And from that point on, I was like, I need to be involved in music somehow like Mm -hmm. that was like the the moment everything changed yeah that sounds really lame as well but (laughs) yeah so I started doing like guitar lessons and classical piano lessons and yeah um
0: and as I just found out you were living in Naruma at this point
1: yeah I grew up on the south coast so I lived in Naruma there wasn't much there yeah for any show I had to go to Canberra yeah so that was my life until I was 16 okay which when I moved to Melbourne Yep. Um, but yeah, musical instruments weren't my friend. <laughs> I wasn't good at them. Yeah. Uh, I, try, I did try really hard with um, piano for a long time. I had lessons for a really long time. I did guitar lessons with a guy and he was really, really great. And I did, I'm sure if I tried to play, I could still play again, but yep. I don't remember. But he like cut the tops of his fingers off. And he couldn't teach me anymore. Not on purpose. (laughs) In like a woodworking accident. I was like, oh man,
0: he cut his fingers off (laughs) to play guitar or something.
1: (laughs) No, in like a woodworking accident. So like he, I don't know, some like saw cut the tops of his fingers off and like he couldn't press down hard enough for a long time. So I just stopped taking lessons. And I had a music teacher that wouldn't let me learn to play bass because I was a girl. Okay. And he said the (laughs) instrument was for men. Right. But, and like all the girls in my class would sing or play piano that was okay. what happened so he was a dickhead yeah <laughs> um but then i had like a few guys in my class that like taught me to play bass so we'd like play like green day songs yeah. and stuff okay. and like the, the school band School band. And this stuff. is like yeah. yeah like when i took it as an elective in year eight and nine mm-hmm. um and then when i actually left naruma he like wrote in my goodbye book like yeah. thanks for being a student of the bass and i was like you didn't teach me <laughs>
0: You're a (laughs) freak.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was like, you didn't show me anything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, what um, spawned the move to Melbourne? Was it a whole family thing?
1: Um, Me and my older sister had been hassling my mum for a long time. Yeah. There's not much... On the south coast, like yeah. opportunity wise, there. yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know what's up, yeah. like especially in the rumor because it's three hours from Canberra, that's the closest major city, yeah, to us, or like six hours from Sydney, yes. Yeah.
0: And if you live in Canberra, you just want to go somewhere else, anyway. <laughs> I actually
1: really liked Canberra when I, I was younger. Hey,
0: like, I love it, yeah, I'd move back go. in a heartbeat, there you but go. So, yeah, opportunity wise, yeah, for the arts and things like yeah. that. And not my mum so was
1: originally from Melbourne anyway, like she was from victoria she went to high school in lilydale yeah so like she knew the area and an opportunity came up where we could uh like we got offered a house to rent Mm -hmm. like when we moved down here yeah that made everything like 10 times easier so we just decided to do it in at the end of 2005 yeah is when i came here and then yeah i guess that's when i got into hardcore (laughs) like seriously into hardcore yeah yeah
0: so what what brought that on then what was Obviously, you came here.
1: Yeah. I think it was um, one of the first shows I went to when I got to Melbourne mm-hmm. was a Comeback Kid show at the Corner Hotel with, like, Her Nightmare. I think Protein played as well. Yeah. I don't remember the exact lineup, But I was like, this is amazing, because I listened to Comeback Kid, and, like, I called The Prom Queen, like, the bigger. Yeah, yeah. Bigger. <laughs> um, hardcore bands. Sure. And then I went to school, like, my first day at this new school, like, first day of year 10. And I had science class, and I got told to sit next to this guy, Dale, who play, happened to play in a band from the peninsula called Kiss My Fist.
0: I've never heard of them, but awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, and I had, like, the flyer from the Comeback Kids show stuck on my book, because it was, like, you know, Meta Collage. Yeah. There. And it was, like, Jimmy Eat World, there was a Jimmy Eat World sticker, and, like, some other alternative bands on there. Yeah. And straight away, he was like, did you go to the show? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you should come to this show. My band's playing. And it was at the Somerville Mechanics Hall. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started going to shows down in the peninsula. I lived in Edithvale, which was pretty close. like Still like half an hour away from Somerville, but closer than anyone else. Yeah, yeah. And that was like the first time I was introduced to like the local Melbourne hardcore scene, I guess. Yeah. But it was cool. And I was really awkward. And I didn't know what to do. So I took my sister's camera. Yep. And that's when I first took photos at a show. Ah,
0: very good.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and how are yeah. those first photos? <laughs> uh,
1: they're, they're really bad. Um, there was like Darkness Bleeds, which yep. that guy, Mick, he's like a photographer now. He was in it. Okay. Um, Circle the Sky played the show. Mm-hmm. We had two female vocalists and they were pretty big at the time and BTK and like all these weird Peninsula bands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know what to do with the photos. so I uploaded them on MySpace and like made my MySpace uh, photography MySpace, yep. which sounds... Very good. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and bands actually hit me up being like, can we use your photos? And I was like, okay. Yeah. So, then I just started taking my camera to like every show from then on. That's sick. I was like, yes, it makes me look less awkward because I'm doing something <laughs> if I don't know the words. <laughs> yeah. That's fine.
0: And so, through that, did you sort of start making friends and stuff? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh. Well, Pretty much, my mum wanted us to move down while we were still in high school so I could make friends in school. Yeah. So it wasn't as weird if I moved here as an adult. But I found that I made most of my friends from shows, right? Like, I'm not in touch with maybe only two people from high school. Yeah. Victoria, I still keep in contact with. Yeah. Other than that, it's everyone from shows that I've been friends with.
0: I think probably a lot of people, I mean, at least that I know, that sort of happens to anyway, that because people who are involved with this sort of music and this sort of like thing that's a bit weird to everyone else you end up just linking up with the people that you know you see often and you have that similar tie to i guess yeah
1: i think that's exactly what happened
0: like i mean i some of my best friends are from school but it definitely isn't because we went to school together like jake from i exist i went to primary school with him and high school but like i don't think i like him because i went to school with him like he was dickhead in school but like he's he likes that music as me
1: well i have best friends that don't like that kind of music at all yeah but i just don't talk about it with them because i don't understand it so i talk about other things yeah like dogs or something i don't know sure
0: (laughs) um so through doing that is that like did the passion for photography grow out of that initial thing to try and make yourself feel less awkward or i
1: I still kind of like wanted to like play instruments at the Mm -hmm. time i was playing second chair violin on my school orchestra oh wow so like i stepped it up a bit (laughs) yeah um
0: you moved on from bass yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) i wanted a challenge or something i don't know that sounds bad too but (laughs) um it was still again like i did it for a year and a half and without regular practice I was like this is too frustrating and I can't do it yeah I'm just gonna give up so I stopped playing altogether together and just focused solely on photography and that was it. at the start of 2007 was when I got my first digital SLR all mm-hmm. my photos previous to that were like on some like cheap plastic four megapixel camera yeah right that like none of the photos are high res but people still want to see them like to this day I still get people emailing me about photos from like shows back in the day and yeah. i'm like you don't want to see them they're not good like they're not good quality either you do they have like the
0: date on the bottom corner Some and do. So-, yeah. so like you yeah. don't
1: want that you don't want yeah. that but um yeah so start 2007 was when i was like this is legit this is what i'm gonna do
0: yeah and like so did you start exploring that outside of shows as well or was it primarily just it was literally
1: shows? only at shows yeah i i don't know what I was thinking at the time. Yeah. It wasn't until uni, like when I first when I started studying fine art, mm-hmm. was when I was like, oh, I can take photos of other things. Yeah. And it's still interesting.
0: And so, what what pushed you into that direction then?
1: Um, I think it was because I didn't want to take. I I got to a level with my music photography that I was like, I don't want to like submit this for assignments when I'm studying photography. Sure. Because it's personal and people don't understand it to an extent and I don't want to have to explain myself all the time about like this is what I do on the weekends like go to shows in small rooms where everyone yells at each other like yeah oh I agree with that too weird to some uh, weird to a lot of people yeah so I just started doing a lot of documentary style stuff and that Mm -hmm. was what I focused on throughout uni until my final year yeah which is when I introduced um some of my music stuff yeah kind of I did portraits of like straight edge people so yeah similar in a way
0: yeah but that bleeds over well then too, yeah. it's com- you know combining interests exactly
1: and- so like it's not completely yeah about <clears throat> it but it gave it caused a stir mm-hmm. like in my like peer groups when we had to evaluate each other people how so they got they got very vocal about how they don't understand why people are straight edge or right or like i had a, f- a photo of mo from Smith and daughters mm-hmm. um and I put it on the wall to present. And I'm not allowed to talk when people are, like, doing this peer group. They just say words they think about when they see the image. Sure. And it had the Eat Vegan upside down cross in the background. Yeah. So, everyone was talking about veganism. Of course. And it just, like, started this really big argument with everyone in my class. Oh, really? And I was just sitting there, like, I can't talk. I can't defend the picture. What is, What were they uh, arguing about? Uh, How... Uh,
0: the ethics behind veganism? It was?
1: was more like... I don't understand why people eat mock meat uh, when they can just eat normal meat. Why don't you just eat, like, normal meat? Yeah, okay. Which, you know, that old argument. Yeah, And I was Classic. like, I can't deal with this. I just want to say something. And I couldn't say anything because yeah. I had to wait my turn to speak. And then by the end of it, I was just like, I'm so mad. I don't know what to do. I don't know if I can continue with the series. Because yeah. people were just like...
0: So, was that like your final project that you had yeah. to do for uni?
1: Yeah, that was like the, the final, final thing that I did.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and so was that? Was there that discussion and stuff? Was that part of the last thing, or did that?
1: It wasn't supposed to. It wasn't supposed to be like I had to write an artist statement that was like about um, like explaining straight edge and explaining hardcore because all the people that were in the photos were involved in hardcore in some way or were like listened to it at least, Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of them are vegan because veganism goes hand in hand with straight edge a lot of the time, but that wasn't specifically the reason that I took the photos. Yeah. Yeah. It was (coughs) unpleasant at the time. (laughs) Yeah. But the final product I was really happy with, so that's... Yeah, Yeah. well, that's
0: important. And I mean, I guess as well, if you can look back on it now and see, like, the dumb side of it, but still see the value of the project itself. Yeah, well, like,
1: I posted on Tumblr and it got, like, thousands and thousands of reblogs and I was like, what is going on? People in the internet, like... Straight edge people, and then it. Um, I like the series was about women in mm. hardcore and like who are straight edge, yeah, but it was trans and like inclusive, mm-hmm. so it was also just anyone who identified as a woman, yeah, straight edge. And I got all these emails from like a book publisher in America, um, printed it in a book.
0: Oh, it's fucking awesome! For the
1: LA book fair that was in at the beginning of this year, yeah, and then there's a zine in South Africa that like did like printed it in their zine Fuck yeah, as well, awesome. so like. It got picked up around, which was like cool. It was in a few exhibitions as well, which was cool as well. Yeah.
0: Well, I would I would argue that's a success. Far more valuable and (laughs) important than some fucking uni student dummies Uh, arguing about veganism. Yeah, I would
1: love to just be like, see what I did. Yeah. You jerks. Mm -hmm.
0: Sorry. Um, So was that like after? How long ago did you finish uni?
1: I only did finish my undergrad last year. I didn't go straight into uni.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, when you finished, though, then, was is, like, now that you've done a project like that, is that something that, now that you've finished uni, that is obviously something you had to do? Is that something now that you would explore doing again?
1: Yes. Well, yeah? Yes, to an extent. Yeah. Um, all my photography, I guess, is mainly, like, based around shows. Yeah. In a way. I still really love documentary photography, and anytime I travel, I take um, heaps of photos, mm-hmm. like on film. I shoot f- my whole undergrad. I shot film as well. Yeah, cool. So the portraits I did were shot in medium format um, through a Hasselblad. Mm-hmm. Um, but all my band stuff is digital because yep. it's just convenient for me yeah, to do that. Fucking pain in the ass exactly. to try and
0: develop <laughs> heaps of band. Yeah, photos. I, d-
1: I did try it once and. Like, for a backtrack tour, I think I took some photos of their show in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. And the photos were too hit and miss that I was like, I'm never doing this again. Well, it
0: it blows a lot, too. If you're taking it, you're just burning through film.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, like, just processing costs and scanning it. And it was a whole process. Yeah. So, but I do have projects every now and then that I'm, like, just for myself to keep me sane, I guess, in a way. Sure. Just to, like, get away from hardcore isn't everything. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. but I do a lot of work outside of that as well. Like I do a lot of events stuff, like weddings and stuff. Cool. So,
0: and how have you found that? Uh, good, good money, bad time, or yeah, yeah,
1: oh, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll say that, yeah. Sure. <laughs> just like I really, I like weddings. They're actually, really fun. Yeah. And it's just very stressful. Like making sure you get every shot is yeah very stressful. And every time I go into a wedding, I'm super anxious and nervous that I'm going to screw it up. But by the time I finished I'm like, that was amazing. Yeah. I should do more weddings. Why aren't I doing so more weddings? Yeah.
0: Weddings are a daunting thing though. When I was um I guess I was seventeen, I was driving. I was a wedding DJ for like oh my God, a-, a year. Yeah. <laughs> it was like one of my one of my first jobs where I was like, Oh yeah, I'm like I'm working in the music industry now. Like I'm doing this at the time i was like had super long hair and i played in a death metal band and i like i don't know if i'd finish school or if i was in my last year but my whole thing at school was like i'm never going to uni i'm just gonna play death metal for the rest of my life and i'll make enough money to live off which is obviously never gonna happen but so for a while there i was a wedding dj and it was like the sickest job in the world because you got paid like 20 bucks an hour and then you got tips and if you went over the time you were meant to be there you got a huge bonus and I could just play dumb songs and I'd have things like I, I did a Greek wedding one time and there was like 400 people at the wedding it was fucking enormous and this old grandpa was like just yelling at me to play Zorba's dance over and over again. And I played it like five times and he gave me $100 because I did it. That's amazing. And then I got all this awesome food and it was so... Do you still do... No, <laughs> never. I never do wedding DJ. However, I mean, if a wicked job opportunity came up for a wedding DJ... You wouldn't say no. No, why yeah. not? Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a, it, that whole thing's like... Sorry, I've always felt... um. I've always kind of felt bad for people who have to take photos at weddings because it seems like you're on the clock for fucking hours yeah, and you got to bust your ass like from the get-go.
1: I've, I've been to some like really good weddings where <laughs> it's like, I'd shot one at the registry office not long ago. It was at the start of the year, I think. Yeah. And they were like, wanted to do it cheap because it was only at the registry office. So sure. I was like, whatever, like just give me $500 and I'll come down and we can do like photos in the Fitzroy Gardens, which is yep. right next to it. Um and it was like the funnest and they were like the funnest wedding I've done because they were just so chill and happy and like relaxed. I didn't have to like stress about anything. It was amazing. Yeah. But then I've had like 14 hour day weddings where I'm like, this is really Kill hard <laughs> and I want to go to sleep and I haven't eaten and I shouldn't, I shot should, um, a wedding that the bride was Indian and the, uh, the groom wasn't, he was, yeah. I don't remember what he was, but, um, it was in all indian food and i'm allergic to indian food oh wow and it was like my eyes were watering the whole Fuck. wedding it wasn't it wasn't a fun time no that's <laughs> brutal yeah um
0: so like did the photography and stuff obviously like as you said it started with kind of taking photos at shows yeah how did how did that roll into becoming something you would explore outside of just at shows
1: i honestly don't actually when I went finished high school, yeah, I was like, I don't know what I am gonna do. I am just gonna like get a job and figure yeah. life out. Yeah, perfect. no, I didn't. I got a job <laughs> as a dental assistant, freaked out, and was like, no, 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 need to do something other than this. Not ready for real life, so quit yeah. and I just jumped into a visual art course at TAFE, uh-huh. and it was literally the best thing I've ever done. Like, I know okay. a lot of people don't think TAFE is that great, but it was. Uh-huh, it was really yeah. awesome because I got to try any kind of medium that I wanted, and that was when I really was like. Photography is, like, the way to go for me. Even though I really love doing anything creative. Like, I'll give anything a go. Yeah. Which, like, I do now through, like, everything I do with, like, labels and zines and everything Mm. that I do. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so, like, painting, ceramics, drawing, um, sculpture. Yeah. Photography. Like, everything I had to go at. And it was amazing. Yeah, that's And that was when I was like, okay, maybe I should... Look into photography more. Maybe I should t- try and take that seriously. Yeah, and that's when I kind of was like, "Yes, do an undergrad. That'd be good."
0: There you go. So, were you while learning that stuff? Then were you kind of applying what you were learning to shows, or was shows a completely separate it's kind of thing? So, for you?
1: so different. Like any, yep. I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize that how hard it is to take photos at shows. Yeah, like. All the, photo- all the photography that I've been trained in, like, as a commercial photographer as well, is all, like, studio-based with, like, professional lighting. Mm-hmm. You have control of every aspect of yeah, the image. Sure. So, like, you can... And then you can edit it as, like, like crazy, insane edits. Yeah, sure. That you wouldn't know it was edited at all. Okay. With band photos, you can't really do no. that <laughs> that much. Like, and it's really... But I always loved the, like, how spontaneous it was because yep. it keeps you on your toes and... Every venue's is different. Every, all lighting is different. It's, you don't have control of anything, but that's the fun of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I couldn't really, I I couldn't really apply much to yeah. like band photos.
0: But I mean, uh, like the, that stuff always interests me because uh, I, the two things for me have been so separate because like when I was in school, I, like I majored in music in school or whatever. And then. I was like quite good at certain aspects of music. Definitely, the fact that I play guitar in a band is insane because I—that was like the furthest thing from what I did in school. Yeah. Like, similar to yourself, I guess. Like, I played in—I played trombone in a jazz band, and then I started playing drums. That's amazing. Yeah, and then I just <laughs> played drums for years and years and years, and like I played jazz. I played normal, you know rock music and just whatever I could <laughs> play at school so that I could take up more time playing music instead yeah. of doing actual work. Yeah. And, but the thing for me was that then when I finished, like, uh, when I realized the other thing that I liked, which was working with kids, that was like, that was where I started expressing all of my energy towards, as opposed to like, sorry, my focused energy for like furthering my life i suppose yeah whereas the music stuff has always been like super important to me and i obviously continue to do it but the thing for me was like that realization that like oh wait i can't play death metal for the rest (laughs) of my life like i need to do something else without
1: downplaying it it's like a really serious hobby yeah (laughs) like and you don't want to ruin it
0: yeah no i think so too and i i mean i think a lot of people often are like oh how come you don't have money it's like well because i paid to fly to brisbane <laughs> to do one thing and but that's, that's
1: awesome though because like you have experiences yeah
0: you- no i like-, like i don't regret any of it but you know like they it's one of those things that like at the end of the day i have the stories and i have the experience and you know i had heaps of fun so exactly. it, it's it worked out well but well, Other in 10 people years have time, cars and houses. And-
1: in 10 years time, you're not going to remember, like, how poor you were at that time. You're no. going to be like, that show was sick. Or, like, yeah. I had such a good time in Brisbane.
0: <laughs> Fucking earth, And I've made every, arguably every friend that I have through music one way or another. Exactly. Like, even if they're not involved with it at all, I've, I would say I've met them through it somehow. Yeah. You know, um. But yeah, anyway. Um so after after uni and all that, like how now do you see like photography for you in terms of like the, the stuff that you're doing at shows? What what does it mean to you now? Is it
1: Well while I was at uni, <coughs> I was talking to a lot of people about like my band stuff mm-hmm. and I never thought of it this way until I was literally like in my third year of uni. Yeah. That I've created this like insane archive of like, yeah the Melbourne music scene over... This is on the 1st of Jan next year. Yeah. 2016. Mm-hmm. It'll be exactly 10 years.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. I saw the thing you post on the yeah, internet. Like, a like, little collage of yeah. all the years and stuff.
1: Yeah, and I've improved, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, like, it's pretty wild that it's been 10 years. Most... I literally had discussion yesterday with someone. I don't remember who was. Mm-hmm. But they were like, most people would drop out of, like, taking photos after a couple years in yeah. hardcore because you don't get anything out of it. Like nothing. You you have to do it for like the love of doing it. Yeah, sure. Um,
0: Much like playing it.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Like, yeah, you're not going to make any money from it. (laughs) Um, So I want to do something like special for that. Because like I started posting like um, when I had downtime. I don't have any currently. But when (laughs) I did, I was posting like um, archive posts, like photos from like photo sets from shows back in like 2007, 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. and people were really interested in it, like on yeah. Facebook, I have a Facebook page, mm-hmm. and you know how there's Facebook reach, yeah, yeah. anytime I post anything, it'll be like 100 people saw this, even though I have however many people yeah. like the page, Yeah. but then I did my first archive post, and it was like 10,000 people saw this, okay, and no. I was like how yeah. did that happen, do people like break even this yeah. much, <laughs> I don't even know, Yeah. <laughs> so I kept doing it, I did one for sure Point Blank, and one for Carpathian, and I got, like, so many emails from young kids being like, I'd love to buy a print of this photo. Oh, wow. I've never seen this photo before. And I was like, I forgot that these aren't on the internet. Yeah, yeah. People haven't seen these. I just have hard drives full of photos people have never seen. Mm. And I should probably use them somehow. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's cool.
0: I mean, I'm sure lots of people would be really interested to see it. And it's a great way of documenting the last 10 years of this sort of music, too.
1: Well, yeah. A few people were saying... At the show on the weekend, mm-hmm. when I don't go to shows half the time, there's never photos from shows. Which I guess, like, <laughs> so not now in, you're a,
0: you're a valuable like, needed person. Not in like an way, but yeah. I have
1: noticed that as well. Because when I don't go to a show, I'm like, oh, I want to see what it was like, and I can't find photos. Yeah, half the time there are people that still take photos. So I'm not gonna like no. take all the credit there. But you're
0: there a lot, and yeah, you're taking photos I'm a lot. I'm there a lot, yeah. yeah. Well,
1: that's sick. Yeah, but yeah. it's a
0: good way to recap on what's happened. Yeah,
1: I really, I really. Genuinely like it, though. Like, there's been periods, like, where I wouldn't take a photo for, like, two months because I just don't have time to go to shows. I'm doing my master's at uni, so I full like, I work part-time as well, so Mm -hmm. I don't have time to get to a show or I just need a break from hardcore.
0: Yeah, or have a real life, you know, those sort of things.
1: (laughs) But then I always miss it. I end up missing it. Like, I get all, like, weird and nostalgic and, like, I need to go. Yeah. I need to go see a band.
0: And is that something that's, like... Like, is it something now that it it kind of grinds on you as well? Like, is is going to a show now for you, you couldn't just go and just watch, like, you need to be, like, taking pictures at shows? I've
1: actually had, oh, I hope this person doesn't listen to this. I'm not going to say his name then. I went to a show and I took photos of the first band and I went straight off to work, so Mm -hmm. I was very tired. And then I was like, I'm going to get dinner, so I missed the next band Mm -hmm. eating dinner. And then I went back in and took photos of all the other bands. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the next day I got a message from the person asking, like, if we had beef because I didn't take photos of his band. Uh. And I was like, no, I just wanted to eat. I was really tired. I'm sorry. Like, next time I will. Uh." And it made me feel really weird because I know a lot of people who take photos at shows that pick and choose who they take photos of. Whereas I'm just like, I don't care who your band is. I'll take photos. Like, the show, I'm going to take photos. But there is like a little part of me that feels obligated to take photos of every bear.
0: Well, um, hopefully everyone out there who listens to this now <laughs> realizes don't be needy. Just <laughs> give I a hope photo he doesn't
1: listen guys. to that. I'm not writing you off. You're still nice. I'm no, sorry.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, I have to say seeing pictures of yourself on the internet is pretty flattering when you're playing guitar sometimes. So <laughs> I've
1: taken yeah. <laughs> I I actually I'm at a point over the last few years where if someone doesn't look great in a photo, I don't post it. Yeah. Because good. <laughs> some people get really weird with it. They do. Like even people in the crowd. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that girl does not look good in that photo. Like not in the judgmental way, but in a like she would hate that. Yeah. Sure. I know she would hate that. I'm not going to post that even okay. if I really like the rest <laughs> of the image. Yeah. And same with band members. Like yeah. I'm not going to post a photo of you looking really bad <laughs> like, i just
0: i just always look absolutely disastrous so i've just come to terms with the fact like, i do
1: think i have some good ones of you but okay. i haven't posted them. you either. should
0: that's what you should do for this if you can find them if, I can send if them you're through. okay
1: like if it's someone i know that's okay with like looking silly on oh, in the God. internet i'm just I, like whatever i know that they'll be chill like yeah but if it's someone that i i've had messages from people being like could you take that down? I don't like that. Really? It. Yeah. Oh my god. So like, I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, because uh, like, I wouldn't want to see a really bad photo of me on the internet. So I think, I think I've
0: so. just, I just think I've had to cover it. I think. When <laughs> and being
1: in a band is hard not to though, because yeah. you're literally the subject.
0: Yeah, you're in front of people. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think the first time I saw a photo of me playing drums, I was like, oh, good. I look like a fucking idiot when I do this <laughs> and I'm trying to do it in front of as many people as I can.
1: It's actually kind of sad because drummers have the best faces and look amazing, but they're so hard to take photos You can photos hardly ever get them. Because they're so far away. Yeah. So unless you go on stage and look like an idiot, yep. you can't really can't get, get good photos. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's why I made my transition to the front of the stage so I could share this (laughs) gorgeous mug of mine. But then you even have
1: people who play guitar and bass who like stand as far away from the front as possible. It's like they're like, please don't take my photo. They're afraid. But then you have other people, the opposite, who Who are just gagging for a picture. In your face. Like I have singers fully just stand directly in front of me and pose. And I'm like, cool, you make my job easy, but (laughs) let me take some photos of other members, please. Yeah,
0: that's crazy. I'm going to pause this for a sec. Sorry. Okay. I'm back from peeing. <laughs> um, all right. So, I feel like we've pretty well covered your experience in terms of photography. Yeah. Do you have, like, is there any, any like, goals or things that you have that you want to do with photography? Um, or is just taking photos It shows, like, yeah, that that's was, your thing?
1: That was pretty much it. Like, I think I've done everything besides have like a solo exhibition which I have I was had one in the works but um I just haven't had time to really commit to anything currently so I'd like to do that in the future but um (coughs) other than that like I have kind of surpassed everything that I thought I'd do with it I did always think that I was like oh this is a hobby one day I'll like grow out of it and it's yeah, been ten years and I'm still doing it. So yeah, still wasting money on no. expensive things I don't need.
0: <laughs> well, we're all doing that. <laughs> exactly. I'm buying all this podcast shit. Yeah, it's but worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Um, all right, now that I can see them right in front of me, <coughs> let's talk about your zine. Yes. What was the catalyst for starting to do the, the zine?
1: Actually, it kind of came from photography. Okay. Because all my stuff was like, uh, like soft. Mm-hmm. This was internet. I never printed anything ever Okay. when I got into photography because it was all digital on yep. computers. Pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in my uni course, actually, I was in the print imaging practice, which was uh, part printmaking, part photography. So, okay. I had to do classes in printmaking as well. And that included, like, bookmaking. Which yep. Well, this looks like a
0: fairly sturdy product. <laughs> um, I'm going to just make some... That's a zine, guys. You hear that too? <laughs>
1: um and I did my first couple zines were just photo zines, like exclusively photo zines because yeah. I didn't feel confident about having a voice. Okay. So I was like, I'll just do photo zines, everyone likes those. And they I sold like 100 copies of my first photo zine, and I was like, well, people interested in this. Uh, oh, I should take it more seriously then. Yeah. Um so I did my first zine, which was fuller Go Easy on the Pepsi, because mm-hmm. I like Home Alone a lot. Fuck yeah, that's sick. <laughs> um, and it just had like Iron Mind and I think Born Free was in it because they were new. Mm-hmm. And interviews with the Sea Shepherds and just like, it was like a mini zine. So it was more like the smaller one on the yep. Um And I printed a hundred and was like, hey, who wants one? I'll send you one for free. Being dumb. Brutal. Yep. I lost like $300 doing that zine. Fucking from- earth. Printing and postage costs. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's it, what we did with the first I exist demo.
1: Yeah, it's a silly thing to do. The same
0: thing. Oh yeah. Um, if you want a demo, just give me an email, and then yeah. it was like oh, two hundred like, people. Put my want my it.
1: email on Instagram was like, just send me an email and with your address, and I'll send you one. And that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Which was cool because it showed interest. Yes. So I was like, okay, so if I do another one, people will want to maybe but pay for it next time. Yes. Um, that, that was
0: the same thing with us. Yeah. I was like, oh, we, well, we don't, no one knows who we are. So, yeah. we got to give it. Generate
1: interest. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, to an extent. Yeah. Um, so, I did another one, the Yippee-Ki-Yay scene, cause mm-hmm. like, Die Hard is good.
0: You also like Die Hard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're establishing movies here. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. Um, I think it has Bruce Willis on the back cover or the inside back cover. Okay. Cause I had to like pay homage to him. (laughs) Um, And I had like Outright and Manhunt and -hmm. Mood Swing and a bunch of other bands in it. Um, So I'd always been interviewing like bands, not individual. Like obviously it was an individual person writing the responses, but it was always about a band. Okay, Um, I started having this idea with, he wasn't my boyfriend then, but he's now my boyfriend, Michael. Yes. Um, About doing this, like, encyclopedia type zine, okay. which I got really excited about. Because um, no one was at the. Still now, not many people make physical zines. Yeah. Very common. Well, definitely it
0: was a big thing 10 years ago yeah, that's exactly. not really yeah, seen no anymore. Yeah, no one really does it anymore. Yeah.
1: And I was. we were also trying to figure out, like, how can we get young kids into hardcore, like, without them being scared off by, like, you know, when young kids go to shows and they see, like, People dancing hard and they get scared because it's violent big dudes with that is yeah exactly so we wanted to like make it more friendly and accessible Mm -hmm. so i wanted to make this like zine that was like really big and had all these people talking about their experiences and how they got into hardcore kind of similar to this podcast in a way (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, you influenced me (laughs) exactly (laughs) um so i started like playing like piecing things together mm-hmm. and then he was like i want to do a zine called nerds to the front and i was like damn that's a cool name <laughs> i want to use that name that's such a great pun yep. we should do one together and then we just did like i don't even remember how it, it started like, how we started messaging people, but it was just, like, let's message every single person we know. Yeah. That was pretty much the initial thing. So, the first... The first scene is the biggest one that we did so far, which was 60 pages. Wow. And it was, like, stapled, like, through the pages. So, it was literally, like, a book. <laughs> and I'm sorry to anyone who has the first 50 copies of that. I'm sure it fell apart. But it was then your we, test run. Yeah. <laughs> then we did the A3 fold in half. Yeah. So much better. It doesn't Way fall apart. It. There you go. Um, but, yeah, we... Released it in March 2014, Mm -hmm. last year, at the Down to Nothing show, uh, The Storm show. Yeah. And I think it was that show? Oh, I don't know. And it sold out, like, pretty quickly. I wasn't prepared for people thinking that was interesting. It had, like, every... Like, it had Alan from Just Say Go, Mm -hmm. um, Yelena, Brett, Emily and Lloyd from Ultimatum. Yep. But then it had, like, bigger people, like... um, (coughs) JD from Path of Resistance, Mm -hmm. uh, Tom Sheehan from Indecision, like... That's sick. ...bigger people as well. Yep. Um, I think Dan Hard from Iron One was in it. Like, I can't even remember everyone that was in it. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of people in it. Um, And it was like, there's really funny interviews, but there's really serious interviews. And they were all, the whole premise of it was to like, keep them short, like... Some of the... I think Lloyd, actually, from Ultimatum's interview is only three questions long. Yeah, well, So, wow. like, it's not really long, but it's still really interesting. Yeah. Um, And when we went to print it, they were like, it's too big to be printed. We can't staple this many pages together. So, I had to cut some out. Yeah. Which was a Henry Rollins interview. Oh, wow. Which sucked, by yeah. the way. Like, terrible interview. Probably don't read it if you have the second issue. Why so was, was it terrible? <laughs> um, leading up to, like... I, like, he's pretty easy to get in contact with yeah. by the internet. Um, leading up to it he was like saying all this great stuff about like um positivity and hardcore and like interesting things that i was like yes this is what young people need to hear sure thank you and then i interviewed him and i don't know if he like like, i got him on a bad day or if he didn't like the questions or like if he'd answered them so many times before because they are pretty general questions sure um he just like gave like the shortest answers ever and it wasn't interesting but it was still like a starting point for the next scene. Yeah. So it kind of, like, that scene was supposed to be, like, a one-off because it was so big. It was like, yes, it's done. Yeah. Everyone can have that. But then we were like, there's so many other people we can interview. Let's continue. Yeah. So it rolled on. And then I asked a few people that didn't get back to me in time for the first scene, and then they emailed me the responses, so I just put them in the second. Like, Greg um, from Not... Who puts on the Not Dead Yet festival in Toronto. Mm Mm-hmm. His was one that f- rolled over into the second one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, then it just keep con- kept going because everyone was interested in it. Yeah. Which is cool. Like, people like hearing about other people's experiences in hardcore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I mean I think that that's kind of like I've always. I mean, obviously, I like interviews. I'm fucking doing them all the time now. <laughs> but um, like I think i th- I think it's the format itself is something that it's good to see that people are still doing it because I think it's something like <clears throat> it's one thing to do an interview in a like a you know professionally uh you know an printed magazine. magazine that's <laughs> like a publication like it's one thing to do that but then I think the thing that it loses there is that it loses any sense of like feeling or um value i think like i think the value that's placed on those magazines is entirely monetary not or by like an outside pressure it's not by someone who is reading it like i don't pick up a magazine and be like holy fucking shit look at this (laughs) interview it's in this magazine like i pick it up and go like oh okay this magazine's interviewing this person whereas when you see or at least for myself anyway when i when i see zines and stuff like that like things that people make like you're busting your ass for that thing Whereas someone who's interviewing someone for whatever magazine, that's just the job they have to do. Mm. The care they apply to, it's like so, can be so little. Yeah. And I've, I had, you know, the fortunate experience, I had friends working for magazines and I got to do some show reviews and interviews and stuff for magazines. And like, I didn't do it unless I wanted to do it with the people, you know, who were the subject of that yeah. interview or review or whatever. And- I remember the first one I ever did, I did a show review for Blunt and I reviewed a Morbid Angel show. And I was yeah. like, holy shit, I get to go to a Morbid Angel show for free and then write about it. Yeah. And I was like so psyched to do it that I went to the show and just got shit faced and then had the best time in the world, then got home and just wrote the review when I got home from the show. So
1: You read a lot of reviews from people- like being like i don't remember much of the show because i was genuinely that drunk but like it's kind of funny yes like
0: but like the thing for me was like i i gotta write this fucking thing now that was the (laughs) best thing that ever happened to me i got to go to the show for free and now i gotta talk about it and like i think my friend who was the editor at the time was like you said brutal in the review like the 400 word review you said brutal eight times and i was like (laughs) it was It was so brutal what i was gonna say it was so sick. but like i think the thing for me with stuff like that is like i mean i don't know maybe i'm talking out of turn but i would argue that a lot of people that are doing things like that are probably just doing it because someone's like oh hey, you'll get a couple hundred bucks if you go do it yeah. whereas i was only ever getting to do it when people were like oh he likes that band give it to him
1: i think it depends on Magazine, you're doing
0: it. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, yeah,
1: I used to do stuff like that for Faster (coughs) Better, the website. Whereas, like, they'd be like, "Do you want to go review Thirty Seconds to Mars at Festival Hall?" And I'm like, i "Don't listen to them." But yeah, I'll go. Like, it's a a free show. Why Mm. not? Like,
0: yeah, I I did one. The one that the one that I did that never got anywhere. That I actually put like a lot of effort into. I got asked to do one for a Foo Fighters show, and I went and I went and did it, and then it just never got. I can't remember what the circumstances were. It didn't were. get published? But It didn't get published. But you
1: still got it for free.
0: I definitely got it for free. That's amazing. To a Fighters show, yeah. And um, my friend John took photos at it and we were like, it was just funny that we were there doing it. <laughs> and then, um, but I like reviewed it and because I was like, I, I mean, I like Foo Fighters songs, but I'm not a fan of like, I don't think Dave Grohl's like this fucking God that everyone thinks yeah. he is or a <laughs> musical genius or whatever. I just, he can write pop rock songs. And I was, like, I gave what I assumed was, like, a fairly fair and honest review of the show. Like, I wasn't, like, it was mind-blowing. I was, like, this is a fucking band playing in a stadium. It's going to be crazy no matter what you think it is. But, like, I still, like, I really regret that that didn't get anywhere (laughs) because I was, like, this fucking thing, that was a big deal for me.
1: I guess when you read Free Fighters reviews, it's normally very positive
0: that's what i mean like Like, so flattering to like
1: it's always people who like love the band yeah
0: because everyone likes food and (laughs) it was like yeah i think that that was not that
1: there's anything wrong with that no
0: but i think that that was the thing like i was like i'm gonna be you know i'm gonna say if this thing fucks up and then i remember uh, alex from i exist went and saw them in sydney and he was like telling me about this thing that happened at the show and i was like oh that happened in melbourne and then we'd worked out that this like Thing that occurred at the show like he brought a crowd member up to the stage was like a totally staged thing like oh. like word for word was the exact same thing at both these shows and both me and Alex were like that's just ruined the whole experience <laughs> for us now that we know that it was like a professionally organized event like it wasn't just a I thought it was spontaneous and cool and then Alex told me this thing and I put that in the review too I was like you know, it would have been cool if that was real, but it was like kind of <laughs> that's, fake.
1: Probably it well, yeah, that's probably why it did
0: probably didn't get published. But you know, I thought I did a good job. <laughs> Maybe they really wanted to get those Dave Grohl ratings on that issue of the magazine. But yeah. um, so where where to from here with the zine? Is it something you're just going to continue going along with, or
1: well, I every issue of this this is the only zine that i've done that actually is like had the same title for everyone sure because i normally just like whatever actually a guy that i interviewed in the first issue max mitchell i don't know if you are aware of him but he does these amazing like insane zines Uh in the uk cool and he was like my inspiration yeah. <laughs> for all of my zines because I was like oh it's amazing oh my god I wish I could do something as cool as him mm-hmm. and I think once I feel like I've reached that level then I'll give up Yeah, <laughs> but I still haven't but
0: so talk, what, talk us through the next one the one that's coming out the one that like, I'm this in is <laughs> <laughs> this is
1: actually good self promotion yes um, the next one is different to, oh, I guess the last one was too because it was an end of year review one uh-huh. but um, this one is about new things yep because <laughs> I don't know if you're super aware, I don't know if I'm just hyper aware of things, but there's been like a really big change in Melbourne recently, over like the last six months.
0: Yeah, every band that was doing lots isn't doing anything anymore. Exactly, yeah, (laughs)
1: and all these new bands are coming out and it's really Mm -hmm. exciting and fun and like there hasn't been many shows, but when there have been shows, there's been amazing like turnouts and participation and it's fun again, like you know when things get a bit stale and it's like... oh. For sure, yeah. This is tense. I don't know what, how to act at this show. Yeah. It's fun again. So I was like, let's highlight all the new cool bands that are coming out. So... Yeah, that's awesome. That's what we decided to do for this one. Yeah. Um. But then I wanted... Because I'm really into podcasts right now. I was like, let's mm-hmm. interview people in podcasts. Um. And I'd like listen to like every episode of the Edgeland podcast. So I was like, yep. yeah, Bill Conway, I'll interview him. And then I was like, oh, Aaron, I've never spoken to him. <laughs> Would it be weird if I... Asked him to interview. And look at us uh, now,
0: <laughs> chatting exactly. it up in front of some microphones. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. It worked out. Yeah,
0: perfect. Um,
1: but yours was a really good interview, by the way. Thank I don't you. know if I told you that. Um, and then we interviewed Tom from Still and Tom's Podcast, as cool. I told you earlier. Yeah. Um, but then all the bands, like, it's literally the same size. It's currently around 50 pages. Wow. Um So it's big. So it's the same size as any of the other like encyclopedia type ones. Yep. But it's about specific bands. So like we have Malchior from Adelaide. I don't know if you've heard of them.
0: I've heard of yeah, them.
1: Yeah. But they're, they're like, they're real cool. They're coming <laughs> to Melbourne soon. Cool. Hopefully. Um, so we interviewed them. Time Crisis from Brisbane, mm-hmm. which is actually a really funny interview because, I don't know, Michael wrote the questions and he thought it'd be funny to theme them around wrestling yep. since Crick is super into wrestling <laughs> and so is Cody. So like every question references it's related wrestling somehow to wrestling somehow and it's just a funny interview. Yeah. Um then we did Burning Season mm-hmm. from Sydney who are real good and they yep. cover all that war and that's all you need to know about Fucking them. Sick. But like the the final question most people if they've read my zines will know that the first two questions are normally similar, like about how you got introduced to hardcore your yep. first question, then why did you decide to become active mm-hmm. rather than, like, just passive? Sure. Um, and then we always end it with the same question of, like, uh, does Huckle have an age limit for you? Mm-hmm. And with Burning Season, Grizzo answered that by just saying 69. Like, <laughs> that's all he wrote. Perfect. I don't know if I gave away the funny part of that interview. That's no, fine. it's actually, it's all funny. So, like, it's worth a read. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's a new band out of Adelaide, a punk band called The Uglies from the guys from animal house yeah sick their interview is actually hilarious too so okay. like it's worth i don't know it's good vibes i guess everyone's really happy and yeah that's awesome funny and, and when good.
0: when is that going to be un- unveiled to the world <laughs>
1: unveiled uh i have two pages left okay. so soon hopefully um yep. i aiming for the 21st of okay. this month to like Ooh. put it up for sale online yep. um that's sick so hopefully I haven't done one. <laughs> Otherwise, well, that's awkward. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's exciting. Yeah, that's right. I haven't done one. Like the last one I did was the end of year one for last year, which was out in Jan. So like I haven't done one in seven months. That's a long time. You've been very busy though. Yeah. You've had Other things <laughs> so to, to
0: take up your time. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, like is is that like a similar thing to me? It sounds like it anyway. With uh the you know your goals of photography and then with the zine is kind of like you're just striving for something at the moment and (laughs) just trying to get there whereas like is that how you are approaching all these sort of things now like you're just trying to push it as far as you can take it or
1: i think in a way i like hate anyone i know can like vouch for me I get bored really easily. Sure. So, like, if I have a day off and I'm sitting there for, like, 10 minutes, I'm like, what can I do? Yeah. Let's start something. And that's how all my zines have started, from, like, being on holidays from uni, being like, I need something to occupy my time. Sure. Quickly put something together. Mm-hmm. So, it's just me. I think at the same, like, time, photography and the zines, in my mm. mind, are like, giving back. <laughs> Sounds so lame. No. Um, To, like... Hardcore people in hardcore. Yeah, like I hope people appreciate, like, because all of the zines are like 100% cut and paste. Like, yeah, I physically cut and paste yeah. everything. <laughs> it's time consuming, but it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people do get really psyched about it because you don't see it that often. Like Chris, I interviewed Chris wren in the third issue, mm-hmm. which is that one. Yep. Um, from Bridge Nine. Yeah. Runs Bridge Nine. And he, like, posted about it all over the internet when he got his copy and was, like, real psyched about, like, this still existing in 2015. Yeah, that's sick. it doesn't happen that often anymore. Yeah.
0: No, Um, I I think that's really important. I really do see the value in stuff like this.
1: Because, well, even speaking, I was speaking to Jackson from Manhunt and Tom from the... What's that foundation called? Uh, Make a Change Foundation. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Tom
0: Hill, what a good dude. Yeah, that,
1: Yep. that's it. Um, before the Tidal fight show the other week. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how, like, they're not really into physicals anymore. Like, who buys records and stuff. And I was like, sure. I get that. Like, I guess a lot of people are... Like, if you're moving around a lot, it's hard to have physicals. But I'm really into having, like, a tangible copy of yeah. something. Like, I always <laughs> want to have the record... Or, like, a zine. Like, I have... I've recently started a blog for the Nerds mm-hmm. zine for people who missed out on, like, the first couple copies. So, you can still read the interviews. Sure. So, I put it all up. Like, I put the actual scans of the pages yeah, that's awesome. on there. And then i cut and paste the interview onto there so you can read it clearly, not having to, like, struggle to read <laughs> a picture. Yeah. Um, And I've had really good feedback from that, too, because, like... People are interested in that kind of thing. Yeah, well, it's and cool that
0: you're adhering to different formats as well.
1: Yeah, yeah well, like I want to make things accessible. Like the whole thing about I'm really as an artist. Yes, <laughs> I'm weird with like numbers. So like when I I started the label last year, mm-hmm. and all of the releases I did were like out of fifty, no more than fifty, it had to be fifty. Yeah. And with my zines, it's out of a hundred, has to be hundred, yeah. no more after a hundred. So I've just stuck with that. Yeah. I guess it's like from being a photographer, like you make a certain number of prints, and that's it. That's it, You can't buy any more. Like, that's done. Well, it
0: makes it special. It makes it worthy for having it as well. Yeah,
1: that's... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't want someone to, like... I've seen... I did a live Rebirth tape, and I saw a few people buying it for, like, $30, $40, and I was like, I sold this for $5. Like, (laughs) don't pay that much. That wasn't the point of it. Um, But... What, people, people will
0: always do that stuff. Yeah, I can't. someone bought an i exist demo for a hundred bucks once and i was like you literally could make this yourself It is.
1: is it just a burnt cd yeah it's yeah. a burnt
0: cdr i mean the, the cover was like a cut and paste thing that i scanned or i got patty to scan it in and make it look better because i <laughs> looked garbage when i did it and then printed it out me and my friend amy just cut them all up at her house and put them in CD cases and then sent them off and then someone was like, you know, sold one on eBay for a hundred bucks or something and I was like, I if you had asked, I would have sent you the picture <laughs> and you could have gotten a pen and written one of one on it because it would have been the exact same thing.
1: That's yeah. Well, actually, I have a hold up demo like Iron Mind mm-hmm. previously were hold up, and it has like just a photocopied one of sam's drawings of the cover yeah and then just like the cd i don't even know if it has anything written on the actual cd but it's a burnt cd essentially yeah and i've been offered a lot of money for it (laughs) like (laughs) stupid amounts like people are like i have a serious eye in my collection can i please buy it not right now (laughs) like
0: burn your own
1: yeah like you could literally you (laughs) could but yeah
0: it's
1: not like they're ever gonna play those songs again so like why do you want it i don't know
0: there's some advice for people out there. If you <laughs> ever considering buying a demo, just make your own copy of it.
1: You could, um, unless it's tape, then it's harder. Unless yeah. you have a tape deck, then you can go for you it. You can try,
0: yeah. Um, Alright, well, um, is there anything you would like to spruik and advertise to the world? Oh my god. The new nerds.
1: Yeah, nerds. <laughs> um, yes, you can look at the blog if you are interested. Mm -hmm. at nerds.tumblr.com yep and it's nerds with three r's perfect people don't know (laughs) um so it's like a play on words for girls at the front fuck yeah people didn't realize that already (laughs) um
0: and what about your photography where can we see that
1: um my blog which is nicolexgoodwin.tumblr.com I also have a website but I don't know how many people actually go on there yep which is like www.nicolexgoodwin.com same thing And there's a Facebook page. You can just search my name and it'll come up. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: thank you very much for coming and have a chat to me. Thank you for um, having me. My absolute pleasure. And thank you for including me in your upcoming zine as well. So exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Read some fucking books and fold out paper ones that are called (laughs) zines. And listen to this podcast more often. Thanks. (laughs) Brutal.
1: Excellent.